Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior um, Podcast, um, a show that I've started recently with Colin Up. Super excited to be doing this. And um, we've had about six episodes. Today's episode seven. And yesterday's was on relationships with Sahara. We talked about what we've learned about relationships. So on that topic, um, I think I mentioned that I've co-founded a startup with my brilliant co-founder, who I have today on the podcast. And we're going to be talking about how we built our startup, why we built it, and where we're aiming to go with it. So I'm really pleased to kind of have Hanan here and this podcast. Guys, you can come up, ask your questions if you are in the room, and you'll be featured on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, and yeah, we look forward to kind of discussing the ins and outs of what we've been doing at our startup, Emily. So first of all, Hanan, welcome. Welcome to our show. I'm super excited to kind of talk about Emily and how we've been doing the podcast. So can you tell everyone a bit about your background, what you're up to? Uh, I think the audience would love to know that. Hey, so hey, thanks for, for hello. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay, hey man. Yeah. Um good to see you speak to you rather. Uh, it's been a while. Um but yes, it's always there's like so many apps that you use I I, I can't even keep up to them. <laughs> yeah, the um but it seems this seems like a pretty pretty good app so far. I've been using it. Um, yeah, so I'll say we've been uh, working on Emily for the past uh, nearly year, nearly a year and a half now. Um, a year, well, less than a year since we launched, but obviously um, the concept started back in in uh, twenty twenty. Um, also, my background isn't really tech related as such. Um, uh, by day, I'm a dentist. Um, work in the Harley Street district in London. Um, and have been doing so for the past five years. Uh, I've always had some keen interest in design and everything related to design and aesthetics and making things look good. I guess that's a, a representation of how um, I work in my own field within the healthcare industry. Um, and yeah, so I think in the, how kind of we started uh, the concept of Emily was back in in uh, during kind of the, the peak COVID era. Uh, when everyone was locked down, uh, dentists in London and, and all over UK were were closed. Um, I had pretty much nothing to do for a good three four months. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then I was experimenting with with a few kind of um, um, ideas prior to that um, uh, time. I remember the Scrubs Company. <laughs> yeah, Scrubs Company. <laughs> At the time, there was like. Um, basically like a, a big shift to the way healthcare industry, um, I guess, um, the apparel basically within the healthcare industry, especially within the UK, the only company which we had heard of at the time, which actually created um, well-fitting <clears throat> and, and aesthetically pleasing um, clothing, which met kind of um, um, hygiene standards was, was figs. Um, but that's what's based in the US. Obviously, the import associated with that was, was massive. Uh, it would have the tax import duties and stuff. So I was like, let me, let's do something with this. But even with that, it was, it was basically, it was an easy, easy, um, avenue to go down, but it was just, um, a lot of investment, uh, time wise, um, in something which I didn't know much about. So I kind of dropped that in there before that. It was obviously, um, to do with like a, um, startup called Planco. Uh, which I pitched to a, a incubator in London called Huckle Tree, and, and they accepted me onto that. And I met some amazing people, like the founder of of um, um, Deliveroo. Um, he taught us that, like one to one, more or less. Um, there's like t- ten of us who got selected, and, and we met loads of people like that Babylon, but one of the the, the co-founders of, of Babylon as well. Um, 
Google, one of the Google partners in marketing. Um, so it just made and love film founders, co-founder love film. So basically it was just amazing kind of feel, which I've never really uh, tapped into. And obviously as a dentist, all you look at is patience and, and, and deal with that side of things. But then I guess that opened my eyes to a different, um, world. Um, and then got me excited about, about this, this, um, this industry really, um, basically not in the non-medical in- industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you you obviously had, had done Planco just before, so you had that, your appetite was kind of wet to do startups all of a sudden. I remember you were like, oh, raring to go. And um, it was interesting because the um, pandemic really changed things. And I remember like when we proposed the idea, or you proposed the idea, and we were on the call, and um, just a matchmaking app for me just sounded so far away from what I do. Um, I remember first being like, okay, how am I going to, talk about this but then the more i thought about it and i realized you know relationships and mental health are so linked um i think i was like okay no, no, i want to do this too and we just got started we just got going right i think since then a lot of people have asked me how do you build an app they're a bit scared of tech um you know i mean i'm a doctor you're a dentist so we don't really come from that traditional engineering background but we were able to launch an app right and a lot of people think it's super, super complicated. Yes, it's difficult. I mean, you, you took a lot of time doing the UX designs. You spent a lot of time on that. A lot of, I mean, I think you told everyone you are into design. So um, you were pretty perfectionist with that. And I think that really paid off because even to this day, in terms of our design, if you if you just land on the Instagram pages of, of some of the competitors with, with huge funding, like more than 10 million in funding, there is a big difference. I think I even noticed that yesterday as I was doing a post. I was like, okay, we still are far ahead in terms of design. Um, but yeah, we we launched. So, Hanan, so as launching, so what do you think that you do in dentistry or you can do in other careers? Can they translate to startups like your design skills? Do you think they come from your work as a, as a dentist? Do you think that's essential there? Do you think we have skills outside of what we're doing now that we can definitely bring to it? Yeah, so when I had I was um, on this podcast actually a video podcast with some dentist uh, based in Australia a couple of weeks ago or something. I had had asked a similar question like how do you do it and do I need to like do a degree in it and stuff and I think ultimately it all stems from your passions, right? So one of the biggest things I took from that incubator was when you're building a company. Um, you either have to have a team which is amazing and understands that industry inside out or whether or you as an individual understand that industry inside out if you can't if you have either if you not have if you have neither of those two things on, on uh, in your belt then <clears throat> that um, business is, is um, doomed to fail so um, obviously with with this with an app really I guess we didn't have any any tech background as such but we knew the industry as in the the market or the the pain points of the market as in the Muslim market, right? Um, so that's something which we knew completely inside out because we were we were the, we were basically the end user at that point, right? Um, that's number one. Second thing is obviously my my kind of passion for making things look pretty, look good, and functional or whatever um, can be again. It's, it doesn't require a particular education to to learn that. Honestly, there's so many like um, um, design platforms now which are so user friendly because they've been designed for like the most kind of inexperienced user. Um, so that all it was required was a bit of passion and a bit of understanding about what 
how to get, I guess, what the end user would want, um, and then work from there, really. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really um, think that uh, people need a um, degree of such or formal qualification to build a company or build a startup. It's just having the uh, the passion, the drive, uh, and the interest within that industry um, to succeed, really. And obviously, all I, from a design point of view, I, I knew that part, but I didn't really know much about the the science part. So that's why, obviously, as a as a, as a pair, we we uh, complemented one another in areas that uh, neither of us had interest in, and like the, all the papers that you read prior to launching i couldn't bother doing that so that's what all you did right <laughs> was that a joke? So, <laughs> yeah so little PhD papers you read like goodness me i would be like i would shoot myself in the head if i had to read that but um <laughs> i could i could read i could design stuff for hours and hours obviously we, we did before we launched so yeah yeah we really had to put a lot into that and interesting because um, doing a startup guys is it's hard definitely something which is difficult because i i worked at a startup part-time and that was a lot easier being just a you know part-time at a startup it was definitely the fun and the thrill but you didn't have any of the responsibility and and when you are you know as co-founders it takes you know you're always having to think about it always having to think about the marketing around it how to improve product features and i mean is always responding to uh bugs we may have in the app making sure he's on top of that um there's a lot of different levers that we're thinking about so it's not an easy route but it's definitely one that you know you feel ownership of you feel proud of as you're doing it something that's yours so i think that's definitely a big big plus of, of, of for the audience who, do, who don't know and the listeners who don't know what amelie is amelie personality testing uh looking at the big five traits which are openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism you get a score you also fill out your profile like any other app, but you get one match a day. You get sent a match a day. We're trying to create those matches um, very specific to you. And then you can kind of, you know, interact with that match. We also verify all our users, which is pretty different product decision we made early on because we wanted to make sure that we have serious candidates on the app. We didn't want to encourage things like ghosting. We want people to be friendly and we didn't want abuse like some of the other apps have. So we really want to differentiate ourselves from what's out there right and we tried to make it pretty different and i know if you remember we had a quite big wait list i mean we got the hype we did generate the hype was it only a thousand people yeah uh by the end of the waitlist period we had just under two thousand actually that's insane i think because yeah. that was all word of mouth by the way it was it was like, word we had like initial, the initial the initial um um I guess the your, your friends and friend family like just sharing it. We had like five hundred signups in five days, right? And then uh, on the waitlist, and after that, we did absolutely no shoutouts and stuff. It just grew within like it a few grew. months. So. Part of me thinks, okay, so Hanan and I did have one issue where we were trying to launch in December, that's the peak of our, our waitlist, and then the pa- basically um, one of our uh, developers, one of our, the tech team got COVID and that got delayed and inevitably because of that we had a few delays and then Ramzan was coming up and Eid was coming up and, and we kind of avoided that month to launch and then we, we pushed to Eid last year when we launched. And I think in a way that did affect our wait list because I think a lot of people had been waiting for a while and they might have gone elsewhere, maybe to another app or they may have just got engaged or married. Feel like that hindered us a bit at launch? I don't know what, what you think about that. Um. I would say yes to a degree, but we had actually had 800 paid subscribers on in the first day, in the first two days, sorry. So the issue wasn't really, I would say, uh, no, I fully I agree, actually. I, I guess the momentum um, um, went down considerably um, as we 
went along. So we would create all these posts um, about science, posts, radio posts, educating our community prior to launching, which is good. But alongside that, people were like, okay, cool, this is good, but we want to, we want to like join the app. When is it? When is it launching? When is it launching? <laughs> so I guess we built this this hype, but then it was we delayed. We had two delays basically in, in the initial launch, um, and when we did launch, like there were some major bugs with it, and like the algorithm was so it was so it was so new um, that we we had to obviously change that within like three months uh, the matching algorithm and then finally when it got fixed again so I, I think ideally in hindsight I think everything's in hindsight right we would we would love to think, think, uh, kind of change things around but um, I don't know I, I think uh, the wait list yeah so we, we did lose hype initially momentum sorry um, and then we, when we launched it was like everyone joined everyone paid for the subscription but then we had some bugs and people were like, oh, this is annoying. This is all hype, blah, blah. And then when we did fix it, um, again, we, we invested entirely on the tech rather than the marketing. So I guess it's been very, very slow growth since then. But um, everyone who does use it, they have no issues with the, with the app itself now. It's just um, getting the word out there and, and uh, reinvesting in, in our time and efforts on, on the growth side of things. Um, yeah, we fixed the, the bugs pretty quick and you did a tremendous job with that. And... Um, yeah, so it was interesting kind of having having that, you know, all this hype and then, you know, making sure that the app lives up to it. We're in beta and startup journey can be can be fun, exciting. A lot of people resonated with us. We started doing a lot of rooms on Clubhouse as well around our community. We built a very strong community when everyone, Clubhouse was big and everyone was, you know, inside. We used to get rooms where people, like even 200 people, where we, they were discussing deep things about relationships and we were hosting them and this type of authentic conversation. I don't feel any other company was doing in this space. We really took that science kind of route about it. And we got psychologists and shout out to Dr. Saliha Fridi, who did a lot of content that we posted and she came on the show and she was absolutely brilliant. And, and people seem to, to love having her here. And um, we had a few others as well. Uh, no, Mustafa, um, we had, um, um, gosh, so many psychologists, Dr. Lita as well, I think Sahar brought on, Nabil, we had all these uh, people who, who were in psychology and they were adding elements of what they think can go wrong in a relationship, how to maintain a relationship. And there's Rahma a lot of- too, Rahma. Yeah, oh yes, Rahma, Rahma. Yeah, we've got to remember proper shout outs to everyone um, who, who do the shows. Um, but that was a golden period, three, four months when Clubhouse was at its peak. Um, and the rooms we did, I do kind of miss that. It, w- it was fun when, when you know, you and I used to pop on, and then we used to have Sahar and the rest of the team, uh, you know, join us on stage, and we just had a lot of a lot of interest at that point. Um, so, what would you say are the main challenges around of, of building a startup? What do you what do you think are the, are the difficulties, or why someone should maybe be careful on doing one, or, or they should consider not doing one? Um. I would say the most important thing is your team. Select select your team very wisely, making sure that um, you have the uh, the skills to deliver your vision. Be very firm in your vision, but also be fluid. Um, we we changed so many things in like literally in the first, I would say nine months uh, before, during the development side of things with the concept of what what Emily's about. Like obviously, we, initially we had the idea that it should be for professionals only. 
um, but then that was that soon flopped because the the concept of professional has changed so much now, right? There's the kind of conventional degrees of like doctor, dentist, lawyer, all this stuff is is, is no longer no longer applicable to the to this day and age because everything's so tech related and people have their own startups, people have their own small businesses. This concept that people want only for someone who's of, of a similar kind of professional background it's not not the case anymore so we we dropped that i'd say within six months of of launching um so yeah be be fluid with your with your um with the concept or or your business idea um um, and having a really good team uh, around you be very selective with who you have in order to because they're kind of of the make or break company at the end of the day um and you can't think so much in the short term you've got to think about long term like how will this will this individual or these individuals um um benefit us as a, as a as a company long term with your vision and if they if they do then 100% bring them on board if not then um uh, again just just keep searching um and never launch <laughs> until you're ready no matter how many people want you to launch <laughs> launch when you are ready i think that's one of the things which i, I was really under pressure with everyone like yeah launch 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 i was like I think maybe we'll launch maybe two, three months prematurely, um, where yeah. the product was at the product, um, but um, only launch when you are ready. But it depends at the end of the day, right? Certain businesses don't don't require this amount of development, right? For an app, you require a good six six to nine months for for the development side of things, um, from concept to to um, the final prototype, more or less. So. Other businesses like um, sales related, they don't require this amount of planning. Um, they require planning, yes, but they doesn't take this much time because there's no bugs as such with with the product. Um, you can change the product if it's relatively good already as you go as you go along as you have more sales, etc. But when it comes to tech side things, you only have one opportunity to capture the, that audience. If they use it one time, then great. You and they like it, great. You've you've captured them for more or less for for the next foreseeable future but if you launch a product that isn't really um i would say ready for launch then the user may be like okay this is crap i'm, I'm never going to use it again so this is actually a perfect example like back in the day when Muzmatch first launched like years ago i remember downloading it when i was in university uh, this is some dog crap app like rubbish app um, and never used it since, right? So, and then obviously until we we started to um, look at Emily again, I was doing the market research. I was looking at the different apps, I downloaded them for for about a week and see what's good and bad. But more or less, the app hasn't changed drastically in the past, like literally like six seven years since it initially launched. So, um, yeah, so yeah, make sure you you launch when you when it is genuinely ready and when you're happy with it. Um, or even launch with a private beta, which which was which we initially thought about doing, but then we just we just launched the full thing actually for all the community. But a private beta, which which is I think so I mentioned initially, was actually would would be quite a nice idea if you have a, a tech related um, uh, business because you can really test it with a small community of people who who will give genuine feedback. Yeah, exactly, and I think also um, yeah we did ch- change our vision and our kind of vision with Emily is to kind of change relationships, how people think about relationships, help people maintain their relationships, but ultimately find that command. We're trying to think about just not only superficial traits, we're trying to think of your personality. We want users to kind of improve themselves so they match better with people. And we want to kind of bring in that 
self-improvement that people liked a lot that you work on yourself. Maybe you have booking a psychologist or a counselor and you work through your own trauma or anything you know, that's happened to you. And once you understand yourself fully, then you enter a relationship and you're ready for that and you give it, you know, you're fair on the other person and it's more of a healthy relationship. We're really trying to form healthy relationships here. And Hana, I think you gave a really good breakdown of what it takes to build a startup, what are the challenges, what we could have done differently. And I think everyone recognizes they can do things differently, right? But startups, obviously, ups and downs. And also, it's about having patience. And uh, a lot of it, I think, does capital is really important, right? We bootstrap this. And I'm nice. So people are asking me, like, how did you guys build it? I mean, we put in, like, a lot of money, like, excess of, like, 20K each. Right? All, my, all my money, bro, has gone to this. <laughs> and then last year, I bought, a, I bought an apartment in London. So oh. literally, and now I'm the long getting married. So it's just, bro, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah, congratulations. Just, um, so, Hanan is, so one of the questions we get, okay, guys. One of the questions we often get is, how are you guys doing a matchmaking app when neither of you are married? But I want to announce that Hanan is married now. He's <laughs> getting married. So hey. um, <laughs> that solves a big, big party in July. Um, we should give like five invites to Emily users. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <That's okay>. yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, and, and people ask you next, Hanan, did you meet her on Emily? Which I don't Yeah, yeah of course, too, of course. Emily's an app, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Um, so I don't think that's the same question as well. And yeah, um, I think what helped us with the marketing side parts was, was having images of some people who were big on social media, had this credibility, already married and had children like Saliha, who really helped, um, you know, and Alia as well, who people had following, had loyal following and people, when they saw them post, they were like, okay, Saheb and Hanana, you know, more legit, they, you know, what they're doing, they have a, they have a good mission. And I think that helped get that initial wait list off the ground but ultimately i think with a startup you need to be spending a lot of capital to keep marketing over and over again and right now we're trying to raise investment right now so if any investors are listening to this podcast we are in the middle of our raise right now so we'd love to hear from you you can reach out to me or hanan um, on our social media or just email us um so hey or hanan at emily.co.uk so you can choose one of our names um to get in touch but we just had a lot of interest a lot of people found it different and even when i speak to people they have a look at the app. They think it's very clean. They think it's very interesting. They love the concept. They love the branding. But I think what we realized is for an app, you need a lot of options, especially when you launch in different locations, different ethnic groups, different religious sects, different ages. There just needs to be a variety of options for people. And I think that's why, whereas with you know a mental health app, for example, you can launch, you can have 100 subscribers and you can keep growing that over time. With a matchmaking app, you need a lot of options from the start. You can't launch with a few users and then grow because people go off, not because they don't like the app or the experience or what it's about. It's because they just don't have enough people to match with. And as you see in normal apps, like I was on Clubhouse, that was like under 10,000 users for eight months, right? Under 10,000 users for eight months, but it was more successful that way because you had this community. No one is expecting options, but with matchmaking, you need as many options as possible um, so that's an interesting kind of find that we found as well. Um, and Hanan, I do want to ask, so you mentioned Mozmatch. So what is your opinion? What is your take on that story? I mean, we talked to Shazad Yunus about, I think, over a month ago. It was a really interesting conversation. He was super helpful to us as well. Uh, what, is, what is your take on the outcome? I haven't actually spoken to you about this. Um, honestly, the thing is, I, I agree with um, the... the um, judge's decision in terms of 
it's being very similar to the match um, uh, branding of the match group, right? Um, during the time when it was initially launched. However, I don't think it, I don't think it was um, intentional, right? So, yes, um, at the time, maybe Match Group and Match.com was was big, right? Is everyone used the website back then? Um, I mean, maybe obviously not our generation, but the generation above us or, or um, older than us, they would use that a lot, um, and. You can obviously use mismatch or add Muslim match straight away, and and people think, oh, this, this could be related. I don't think he intentionally uh, did that uh, to oh, jumping off the bandwagon, but he may have subconsciously chose that name to. Um, also, obviously, that name is it, the match. The word match is something in the dictionary, right? It's, it's um, it it resonates or makes it very easy for someone to understand what this app, this business is about. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one to say. Um, it will obviously require. Um, I think he's going to going to appeal. I think it's a good decision, to, good, a good decision to appeal, because I don't think he had bad intentions with 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 um, uh, the choice of word. Um, and initially, even his original um, lawsuit in the US um, from Match Group was against the swiping feature, and they he changed that, and that was like a legitimate. Change and he understood that, and I, and I agree that it's like he, he, it's not like he made some. He purposely trying to rip people off. He's he genuinely, when he takes things on board, he was he was going to change things around for for the company, and he's standing firm with this with this because at the end of the day, I also agree, the word match shouldn't be patented or um, copyrighted by a company called Match Group. Um, uh, match is a, is a word within the dictionary, um, so any company should be able to or any business or whatever should be able to use that company without being worried that they're going to they're trying to use it against their use it for their own advantage someone else's brand which is not true so um yeah let's see how it goes i i, I don't think he has bad intentions long term and i'm sure he'll he'll, he'll find something and solution is it's obviously the the biggest um uh, muslim matchmaking up out there worldwide um uh, and it caters to a big community of people. Um, it'll be a shame for for that business to to go bankrupt based on a lawsuit um, that had no, I guess, ill intentions behind it. Um, so yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. Um, again, we spoke to him about a month ago. Seemed like a nice guy. He was honest with with um, how how he started his journey and, and his advice for us as a company. So yeah, I don't, I don't have any anything bad against it as such, but. Um, I would change things wrong with the app for sure, the design aspect, and and <laughs> if that's what you want to, Emily. If you want some advice, I'm, I'm here to help. Um, but, uh, that's a good take because that's a good take because um, um, I think yeah, um, with the whole you know match, people saying that he was dead. Um, I mean, I I work I I do the human behavior show with a. Uh, Jeff, he does a dating show every every Thursday, and he's the founder of the Meet Group, or he's the CEO of the Meet Group now. And the Meet Group owns a lot of apps, and Match Group owns Tinder, um, also owns Hinge, owns some of these big big apps that are monopoly. And the story was that they tried to buy those matches and they buy them, so they sued them. And people think that's why they sued them, right? And the Meet Group's pretty big as well, and I do that with Jeff. And um, it's interesting, like how a lot of this industry is just owned by like two players, and they own all the apps. It's more more of a monopoly, but um. And by the way, guys, if, if you do want to acquire Emily, we're always open. So do get in touch, me or Match Group. <laughs> but um, um, I think yeah, I think 
it's interesting in tech because Hanana was super careful of making sure we patent certain things and we don't copy any of the features. And, and we were super, super careful with that. We know, I mean, even if I do a post and I was like, make sure you referenced it. We're, we're super careful with that on diligence. I think maybe we get that from uh, being in dentistry and, and, and in medicine uh, because that's like an important aspect of, uh, you know, what we do. So that's something I definitely uh, think tech founders need to be super uh, careful with as they do a startup. Um, and kind of with that, so with Amelie, then we have this vision, we're trying to do things differently. Um, you know, we're looking at psychology, we're looking at why humans make decisions and relationships is a big part of when you find out about someone, right? How you choose the right person, how you see if someone is compatible or not compatible. It all comes down to our personality traits, our behaviors, things we've developed over time, you know, how our parents raised us. So there's so many different influences and what we're attracted to just varies on so many levels. And it's not really a hard science, but there's definitely attributes that we can learn we can pick up on and we can also get professional help we can get relationship counseling we can get therapy we can do a lot of different things right that enable us to know if you know someone might be right for us or not and that's kind of the concept we try and bring on our instagram page on clubhouse try and talk about we've kind of created this brand image of you know something where people come to amelie if they want a serious match they want to you know look look at things from a more you know in-depth point of view and that's what we want to build out with emily we kind of have this vision of like you know relationship fitness maintaining a relationship not only getting in one but retaining it long term and that's what we hope to do um and we've had a lot of interest we've had a lot of you know our advisors are super as well that we've had on and look forward to kind of building this 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 further as we try and raise funding we need funding right now so that's what we're kind of focusing our efforts on so being a bit more quiet on the marketing front as well um but definitely expand our user base so hanan what do you think finally as we, as we round up the podcast what do you think the future of amelie might look like and do you think i mean stanford says by 2030 50 percent of people will be online so definitely we've seen this increase and even was match the number of users they had increased exponentially during the, the pandemic that growth was insane right people jumped online um, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think ultimately what we've noticed, the biggest thing we've noticed, um, there's a big shift uh, to people's approach to matchmaking or finding someone or getting into a relationship, whether it be Muslims or non-Muslims. Um, and that is um, of understanding oneself and your partner so then you can have a successful relationship. So I think uh, the future of matchmaking uh, will and should, like Emily has adopted, um, has put the importance of compatibility on the forefront of the whole industry, rather than the um, the current way that it's it's been built is on optionality and having five hundred potential people on an app within a week that you can swipe swipe through. Um, more so about curating that compatible relationship because these apps, man, obviously you've seen the research, they cause genuine mental health issues for uh, Muslim and non-Muslim community, right? It's a draining user experience um, and can be stressful. Um, so the the way the apps should do, and obviously we've seen with a different transition in, in life with everyone, they're a lot more focused on their mental health Um especially millennial generation, there's a big shift to kind of online therapy. 
Um, and you, I'm sure you've seen that with your own um, companies that you work advice for. Um, so I think uh, matchmaking apps will incorporate that a lot more when they see that actually, you know what, our business model or our vision should change and, and adapt to the demand of the um, the end user. Um, and that is of, of having a healthy way of user engagement when using these apps. So when they use it, they feel they don't feel overwhelmed. They feel like they're excited to meet someone new. They know that the person they're speaking to has gone through a period of, of um, uh, the journey of understanding themselves. So then when they are um, entering the, the space of, of matchmaking, they're ready for a relationship and they're open to um, uh, about uh, open them about themselves. So then when they do um, start a relationship, romantic relationship, they will be successful and harmonious. I think that's one of the biggest things why most relationships fail and, and uh, why most relationships um uh, marriages and divorces is because of um, this inability to understand oneself prior to entering into that relationship um, and then all these things kind of come about through kind of childhood traumas past relationship traumas um, um, and subsequently people um, just just don't know how to handle it and that their solution is divorce um, rather than actually preventing that in the first place by choosing a partner which is genuinely compatible with you um, on a on a psychological level and emotional level rather than simply just a superficial um, swiping culture level that everyone has adopted with the current dating apps. I love how you've kind of summarized that really well. And that actually summarizes everything we've talked about and, you know, what the problems are, where we see the future being. And yeah, mental health, that's something we've really focused on, Emily. We really, people's mental health and really got everyone super stressful you can get anxious during it as well and we really want to help people through that and that's why i always look at we look at emily as a wellness app as you know relationship wellness app really focus on that mental health element and Hanan, you're absolutely right i think um it can be stressful for so many people and if we can do stuff to kind of help people navigate that and make their lives easier and find that match and and we know the research shows that if you have a healthy relationship, your mental health is going to be better. You're going to have a better support system. You're going to have better habits. And essentially, you'll live a happier, healthier life. And that's kind of the objective that I've always had in my life. How can I help people live healthier lives? And um, it's interesting all the research on loneliness. When people are lonely, they feel, you know, the mental health is a lot poorer. And the elements of the, the, the link, the inextricable link that we have between our social relationships and how we feel is insane and, and our partner the person we are with we spend the longest time with every single day with for about 40 50 years and in a lot of cases impacts us impacts our decision making that's why i find the human behavior element of our relationship really really important and why i've enjoyed doing emily and and hopefully we we carry on you know uh, building it in the future so yeah i think this is a, a brilliant podcast and i think a lot of questions people have asked have been answered because uh, people always ask, okay, how did Emily come about? How did you guys do it? And it's kind of a story of how we did, you know, how we started up Emily. And if you are interested and you are single and you're looking, uh, and why we started kind of in a niche market was basically because that's our background and that's doing an app like this. You can't start too broad, as we've realized. The more localized you start, the easier it is to get your initial users and get people matches because people do want certain traits for matching. So it becomes a lot easier. And that way you're not competing with the, the big guns like Tinder and Bumble and Hinge. So yeah, we may expand, we may not, but this is kind of, we wanted to look at this market. So Hanan, finally, where can people follow Emily? Where can they follow you? Um, can you tell the listeners? Yeah, um, Emily, obviously it's uh, emily.hq on Instagram. Um, 
is our our Instagram page. We we post a lot of um, uh, kind of uh, psych- mental health and relationship content uh, on there. Uh, especially during this month, we posted more so to do with religion during the, during the holy month of Ramadan. Um, also, you can follow the, our our uh, Instagram page. You can download the app on on the App Store um, in the UK, USA, and Canada only at the moment. Um, uh, uh, called Emily, obviously on the App Store, Google, and uh, Google, and as well as Apple Play, Apple, Apple Play, <laughs> Apple Store, and Google Play Store. Um, myself um, is Doctor Dot Hanan Imran BDS uh, on Instagram. It's my dental uh, cosmetic page. Um, you can shoot me a message on there if you want to. Anything app related, but realistically, the best way to uh, communicate uh, with uh, with me if you want to have anything related to the app is just Hanan at emily.co.uk brilliant thanks a lot so guys do download the app if you're interested you know someone looking do recommend it would really appreciate that and we'll probably do a follow-up at some point as well um raise our investment kind of talking about that what we aim to do and yeah wish us luck and if any investors are interested definitely reach out we're available we're here and we want to build the future of relationship fitness so thank you everyone for coming to the human behavior show listening to it um this is um live on spotify and apple podcasts so definitely subscribe and follow the show and i'm trying to do like three or four episodes a week um via calling app so super excited about this collaboration and yeah catch you in the next show thanks hanan all right man thank you for having me